Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome once again to this online service. We've been talking about it's a season that we are to enter into the promised land. We need to cross our Jordan. And then we understand that to take possession of the promised land, in fact, is easier than keeping the promised land. We learned that uh, many times the new generation, the next gen, they are the one who have not fought the battles that their forefathers have fought, but they move into the promised land. They are so blessed, but they do not know how to war. Each generation has to face their own warfare. And uh, God changes strategy because he realized this new gen, they do not love God, they do not fear God, and, and, and they are stubborn, they want their way. So God changes strategy by leaving behind those who remains in the promised land, uh, the neighboring nations, who remains in a, in a promised land, to be a snare to God's people, to be a thorn on their side. So that it will always remind them and turn them to trust God with all the troubles that these neighboring nations and this, this uh, uh, are causing them. So that they will always come to God and cry out for, for help. Rather than, if everything is fine, they boast that we are the one who has the power to do all this thing. So God loves us so much. He, he used appropriate ways in order to help the next gen to continue to dwell in the promised land, continue to inherit the promised land. So we understand there are two types of battle that we need to fight. One is the external. You know, we've got to go out, we've got to cross, we've got to face the enemies. You know, these are new area of ministries, new, new uh, extension of God's kingdom. We advance forward. These are easier battles to fight because we know the enemy, we are aware of them, and we'll be careful with them. But the the other battle that is dealing with the people next to us, whom we live with in the land, whom we mix with, interact with, every day. These are the hardest battle to, to fight because we have relationship with them. And that's why God warned them never to enter into covenant with them. Because they, they, they do not worship God. And, and, and God knew, if you do that, if you enter covenant relationship with them, if you intermarry with them, once the two become one, once the relationship are bonded together, you will not be able to win that battle. Somehow you will eventually follow them and worship their idols. God knows, and God is warning the, the nation of Israel. And this is the hardest, hardest battle uh, uh, to, uh, to fight against those you're close to, against those you, you know, in the family, your brothers, your sisters, your wife, your husband, your, your mother, father, your close friends, those who are close to you. These, these are the hardest battle to deal with when you have to make a choice for God and they are not for you they, they are not for God 
So, because we mix with them, we have relationship, we can't see the danger. Slowly, slowly we are being influenced. Slowly, we, we, the, the practices become acceptable, even though initially we could be abhorrent to, to their ways. But slowly we accept it, you know, and, and, and we don't know what's right and what's wrong. And that's why it's so, so dangerous. I, I, I'm sure we've heard the story. If you boil the frog in cold water and slowly and slowly increase the temperature, the frog will never jump. They will just get accustomed to it and eventually they will boil it in that hot water, but they never jumped up because it's, it's a slow process. And that's what happened to those nations who live with the nation of Israel around about them. Their influence comes slowly so that it's a snare. When they are caught, it's too late. They, they find themselves, they, they, cannot, they cannot extract themselves out of that kind of relationship, out of that kind of bonding, even though they know it's wrong, even though they know it's against God. But they, they, they can't. They are trapped. Okay, so the Bible describes this, kind of, this type of warfare is like wrestling, you know, close contact, wrestling match. And, uh, uh, but we need to deal with it or else we will be led uh, astray. So it's, it's a struggle between it's not a physical kind of violent conflict. It's a, it's, a, it's a war that is determined by our decision, whether we win or lose, whether we follow God or we want to follow our friends, our relatives, our loved ones, or whether we choose to obey God. So, remember, this is the battle that we have in a promised land. And unless we win this battle, we will lose the promised land that we come to possess. So we're going to look in, into one example from the Bible, an un unexpected loser, someone we would never imagine. He will fall. He will lose this battle that we talk about because he loved God, because God loved him. You know, this person is Solomon. Solomon. He's born with a good spiritual heritage. His father, King David, loved God with all his heart. And before King David went to be with the Lord, he instructed Solomon in 1 King 2, verse 2. He said, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, act like a man. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to Him and keep His decrees and commands. His law and regulation as written in the law of Moses. So uh, do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. And that the Lord may keep His promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, if they walk faithfully before me with all their hearts and soul, 
you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. So you see, King David instructed his son, you have to obey all the commands. Serve God with all your heart and then you will be successful. You will be able to take possession of that promise of God from one generation to another. So Solomon had good spiritual heritage. And then he personally experienced God and God appeared to him two times. Once is just after he became king. God appeared to him at, at Gibeon. And God said to him in a dream, ask for whatever you want me to give you. In 1 Kings 3, verse 8, Solomon responded, Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So Solomon started well. He realized he's just God's servant, even though he has just been made king. But he's here to serve God. He's here to govern God's people, God's nation. And Solomon know the greatness of God. He said, these are your people. These are these great people of yours. So give me wisdom. Give me the ability to be able to discern, distinguish what's right and wrong. And we know that Solomon was given great wisdom. So much so, he was so famous in the then known world because of his wisdom. Such men who know what is right and what is wrong, who is able to tell what's right and wrong, will he fall? Will he make wrong decision? Because he knows what's right and wrong. So we never, we never imagined Solomon would fall. You know, God appeared to him this first time. And then when he finished building the temple, the glory of God just came into that temple. He experienced God, God's mighty blessing. And then the second time God appeared to him. After he finished building the temple in 1 King 9, verse 1, when Solomon had finished building the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had achieved all he has desired to do, the Lord appeared to him a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. Verse 4, As for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart and uprightness as David your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws. I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever as I promised David your father when I said you shall never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. First his father instruct him how to keep the blessing Keep the promised land. Here God personally instruct him, appearing to him. After he's been so successful already, after he has already entered into the promised land and take possession of the promised land, the temple is finished building and the nation is established firmly under his rule. God came to him again. 
You want to keep this promised land. You want to keep this promise. When you obey me, serve me faithfully, and obey all the commandments, the decrees that I have mentioned. Do all I commanded. You see, again and again, the word of God talks about obey all the commandments, obey all the, 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 the decrees. And we must understand, Solomon, he obeyed, but he didn't obey all. And that's why he fought. And don't we think that, you know, we just obey God in certain ways, like some of the brothers and sisters always like to say, you know, yeah, I love God. You know, I listen to your online message. Yeah, I, I, I pray, I saw on. But beyond that, you don't see that. That serving God with all their heart is just serving God whenever it's convenient, you know, when, whenever it's all right. That kind of attitude. And yet we think that we're we, we okay. Why? Because we think that now we live under grace. It doesn't matter. That's exactly the reason why the next gen fell because they do not honor God as their forefathers. And that's why God changes strategy. That's why God allowed them to be tested so that they will come back to Him, ask for help, trust in Him. And Solomon was doing fine. But he didn't obey. We're going to see what other things he didn't obey. You know, God confirmed his calling and blessed him in 2 Chronicles 1, verse 1. 2 Chronicles 1, verse 1. Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom. For the Lord, his God, was with him and made him exceedingly great. So when God blesses us, when God seems to affirm what we're doing, we still need to watch ourselves, right? We would think that Solomon would never fall. Such great men love God, serve God, great wisdom. But yet in Nehemiah, Nehemiah 13 verse 26, was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations, there was no king like him. He was loved by his God, and God made him king over all Israel. But even he was led into sin by foreign women. Even him, even Solomon. Such great king loved God so much. God loved him so much. Even Solomon. We don't expect him to fall. He is so powerful. He has done so great and he's built a temple. He, you know, he, he seems to be going right. Even Solomon. What, what causes his downfall? Because he could not win the battle against those who are close to him. He entered into marriage relationship with those foreign women. You know, those are the 
most difficult battles you have to battle against. People who are close to you. People you love. People who are in the family. Your spouses. Your parents. Children. Close friends. Those you live with every day. You know, facing those kind of challenges when we have to make decisions is so hard. I say it's almost impossible to win. And that's why Solomon, even Solomon, this great king, also failed. I think that's the reason why in different places you read in the scripture, God said when you move in, you kill everyone. The woman, the children, destroy everything. Because God knew. If you don't do that, they become a snare. It wouldn't happen straight away. Gradually, two times, their influence will just infiltrate into God's people. And they will not serve God with all their heart. Yeah, they will serve God, but they, they will not serve God with all their heart. So sometimes we thought, oh, this is cruel, killing all the women, the children. But God knew the danger. God knew the snare if they don't do it. Because of the influence of these people. And that's why Jesus, in the New Testament, in Luke 14, verse 25 to 27, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yet even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus used the word hate. He asked us to love our enemies. But here, he said, you hate those who are close to you. Mother, father, brother, sister, wife, husband. You know, those who are close to you, how come? We should love those who are close to us, hate the, our enemies. No, he said. If you, because this is the hardest battle to fight. If you do not overcome, You cannot be. It says, cannot be my disciple. And it's painful when you have to do that. But he said, if you do not carry your cross, you cannot be my disciple. When you have to make those tough decisions, it hurts. You have to sacrifice. And if you don't do it, you cannot be my disciples. I understand this, these verses. And I've experienced in a small way how painful it is to deal with people whom you love, who are close to you, and to choose what is right. And, 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 and the problem it created is so painful. But if you want to follow God, this is what Jesus said. This is what the Bible teaches. Old Testament, New Testament, same. 
None of us are too spiritual to fall. Look at Solomon. None of us are too close to God. We, 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 we would not fall. And uh, remember, the consequence doesn't come straight away. It's slowly creeping in and become a snare. And that's what makes it difficult. Okay, so the snare of not obeying God in all things. Not that we don't obey God. Not that we don't love God. But we do not love God with all our heart. We do not obey Him in all things. We just obey Him in certain ways. Look at uh, 1 Kings 11, verse 11. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. So can you see? It shouldn't happen to Solomon, the one who loved God, the one God loved and so on. It shouldn't happen. But God said, because of your attitude, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you. So that's why I say the most unlikely failure, someone who has got the kingdom and lose it, someone who got the promised land and lose it, most unlikely person. But how did it happen? What attitude did Solomon have that causes his downfall? Let's read this in 1 Kings 3.1. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Let's stop here. So God told them never to enter into a covenant relationship with your neighboring nation. But here Solomon entered into an alliance, a covenant. Instead of trusting God, he entered into this alliance with king of Egypt, hoping that it will be mutual benefit. When he needs help, king of Egypt can support him. Instead of trusting God, looking to God, he looked to Egypt, he looked to the world. That's the first thing. Second, remember, Secondly, he married Pharaoh's daughter. God said, you're not to marry those foreign women. And Solomon failed because he married those foreign women. He married Pharaoh's daughter. What we need to know is that when he did that, this was just the beginning of his reign. When he was still building the temple, building his palace, building the city wall. He hasn't finished yet. So right in the beginning of his reign, he has already broken what God said he must not do. But yet nothing happened. He still continued to build and finish the temple and God appeared when he dedicated the temple. But he, he has already slowly allowed things he shouldn't do, the little things that he shouldn't do to creep in. But the danger is he still hasn't faced the consequence yet. And that's why we don't realize it. We just carry on thinking that it's okay. And that's why he go on to marry more women, more strange foreign women. Verse 2, 
The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places, because the temple has not yet been built for the name of the Lord. When they move into the promised land, God has given clear instruction. Now this is Solomon's time. It's years and years later. When they were in the promised land, God gave them clear instruction. You are not to sacrifice anywhere you steam fit, but you are going to go to the certain place where I have chosen, and there you bring your sacrifice. Not at other places, but the specific place God has chosen. But Solomon offers sacrifice in the high places. The excuse is the temple has not been built. So sometimes we do certain things for God. We justify it with reason and we are doing it for the Lord. We are not doing it for ourselves. But you are doing it in the wrong way. You are doing it in the wrong place. And God is not pleased. So there are people who say, oh, no, I serve God, yeah. But is God pleased with you? You're doing the right thing, but is God pleased with you? Is God pleased with what you are doing? Look at uh, the next verse, verse 3. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instruction given him by his father David. Except, except this is not this is not good. Except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. That means all the other thing he he does because he loves God. That's fine. But this thing that offering sacrifice in the high places is not accepted by God. God tell them not to do it. So, when Solomon begins to commit this little, little thing that God said you're not to do, eventually it caught up with him. In 1 Kings 11, verse 1, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women beside Pharaoh's daughter. So you see, Pharaoh's daughter is the first one. And I guess because nothing happened, he carried on. Continue, continue. And uh, verse 2, they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. And then the, verse 3, the, the last part, his wives led him astray. His wife led him astray, right? Because he did what God commanded him not to do. And uh, eventually, it caught up with him. So when did that happen? Well, before we talk about when it happened, we talk about the high place. When he was offering sacrifice to God in the high places, God doesn't like it. And eventually what happened? In uh, 1 Kings 11 verse 7, On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, 
the detestable God of the Ammonites. He did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. So the, this, this people who worship those idols and those detestable gods, they offer in high places. And Solomon, can you imagine, the one who built the temple, now begins to build those high places for every one of his wives. And he has seven hundreds of them and three hundred concubines. Can you imagine he built thousands of this altar offering sacrifices to idols, to demons, Thousand. Can you imagine Solomon did that? The wisest king. Remember? Before this close relationship, this woman who has close ties, so tied with him, he becomes a foolish king. He's not able to make the right judgment, even though he's the wisest and God has given him the ability. And so this is what he did for this woman. But eventually, he himself worshipped idols. He himself worshipped this god, the goddess of the Sidonian, while still worshipping Jehovah, while still serving God, the true God. And uh, look at 1 King 11 verse 4. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Astorah, the goddess of the Sidonian and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. When, this, when does these things happen? When he grew old. When he became weaker. Then he turned his heart away from God. I guess when he first started out, when he married Pharaoh's daughter, he was thinking, no, I would never. You know, he was still building the temple. You know, this is a real God. This is the true and living God. I will never follow those ways. I will never worship those idols. I know what I'm doing. Have you heard people say that? They are making the silly decision. They say, I know what I'm doing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fall into that. I know what I'm doing. I guess that, that's Solomon. And for many, many years, he was all right. But when he grew old, when he became weak, weaker, that's when his heart was led astray. And he fall. And he worshipped those idols. But while never deserting God, the Bible says he did not serve God completely. He did not follow the law completely. That means he's still, he's still 
worship God in the temple. But at the same time, he's worshiping idols in those high places. And that's what we need to watch out. Oh, we love God, we serve God, but not completely. The word of God keeps coming. You have to serve Him wholeheartedly. You have to obey all the commandments. Hey, we like to obey certain parts of the Bible. Oh, that's too hard. That, that's Old Testament. That, that's too legalistic. You know, we have a lot of excuses, you know, for not obeying God in everything, not following Him in completely. And we think it's okay. But let's not be deceived. Even Solomon fall. And it didn't happen straight away. It's when we are weak. That's when we are led astray. That's when we fall. It becomes a snare. And it's too late to get up. We couldn't. So let's be reminded again, the battle that we fight, the most difficult battle, almost impossible to win battle, are those that is linked up with people who are close to us. Mother, father, husband, wife, children, brothers, sisters, friends, close. Those are the, the hard battle that we have to watch for because we could be influenced by them in a wrong way without knowing. Of course, they can, they can influence us in a good way when we follow God together. That's what God wants. And that's why he said, not, not those other kind, not, not the foreign, not those who do not follow God or those who seem to be following God. But we have to watch out. So that we'll make the wise decision, right decision for God, so that our hearts will be totally committed to God and we can distinguish right from wrong. A lot of people, because of relationship, they just can't. They just can't, don't know what's right and wrong. Their emotions are involved. So I trust that this will not happen. It happens frequently in church. But I hope that it will not happen to us again because the word of God we understand the word of God even Solomon think he can withstand but he fall so may God help us to make right decision when we face with those kind of battles we will always follow God wholeheartedly so that we can keep the promised land keep the promises keep the kingdom Unfortunately, God spoke to Solomon, I will surely take the kingdom away. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for opening our eyes to see the danger, the snare that so often we are in because of relationship. And Lord, we pray that we, our hearts will be so totally committed to you and to follow you that we will know how to make right decisions. We will know how to discern what's right and what's wrong. We will not be foolish and fall. Cleanse our hearts. Cleanse our mind. 
cause us to fix our, our eyes on you and to know that we are to serve you with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our soul and strength. Bless your people, Lord. Build this great church, great kingdom of yours on earth for the glory of your name as a testimony to the nation. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We'll see you again next week.